Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. Welcome into the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Always glad you're with me. Thank you for making the podcast a part of your day. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Borky, and don't forget to subscribe and or like the podcast and leave a rating and a review. Uh, the, the schedule release happened yesterday, so that's going to be the focus of this podcast, especially after the disaster that was Ole Miss basketball last night. I've got a couple of thoughts on that as well, though. You thought this was going to be a really important week for them. They get two wins. Maybe things are starting to look better, and then it looked more like more of the same last night. Couldn't shoot the ball. Offense looked like a mess. Uh, The players looked like they were terrified uh, on the court, and it was all bad. All really, really bad. And I still just cannot subscribe to the idea that talent is the issue. But first, of course, the show is brought to you every day by LBs just across from Kroger on University Avenue there in Oxford. Go by, see Greg, tell him we sent you get one of their daily lunch specials. Those are Monday through Friday, but it is the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. All right, this basketball team. Um, I said on the radio yesterday that this game was the real test. One, to get fans back engaged, and they clearly are are done, or they're going to be done. Um, but also to make last week matter. You know, they're underachieving, they're not scoring enough, offense looks like crap, they're not closing games late. Very, very much underachieving relative to expectations that were levied on this team earlier in the season, or before the season began. And... Yeah, you beat Mississippi State and looked pretty good doing it, and that's great. And then you beat a bad Texas A&M team. I thought this week was going to be the real test of whether or not this team is actually going to figure it out and play meaningful basketball. And they completely, completely regressed. One of 16 from three-point land. They didn't make a single one in the first half. Uh, They lose 59-74 to Arkansas. They had... Only nine turnovers. It felt like a lot more. They got out-rebounded by eight. They, I mean, look, I, I'm going to stop. I already, I told you this two weeks ago, and I kind of, I kind of lied because I started going back to talking a little bit about basketball. But there are problems here, and it's not just talent. Uh, I mean, you guys, if you watched the game, you probably heard the announcer crew last night. Um, specifically talking about how nothing offensively for Ole Miss went inside. Uh, they didn't set anything up for Omelo White. He only gets five shots up in the game. Yes, he only made one of them, but there's nothing, there's no set for him. The offense looks uncomfortable. Everything is kind of around the perimeter. There, There's no real shot creation, and it, uh, the players look like they're scared. I mean, calling timeouts a minute and 30 or whatever seconds into the game, I mean, it's just, it seems to me like the guys are scared. That they play timid. That they don't have any confidence at all. And it looked different last week, but that was seemingly an outlier. Um, 
they look scared to play. And that's I think that's really what it comes down to. And then after the game, K.J. Buffin, for some reason, gets specifically called out uh, in the post-game radio about uh, how, how he just he can't get Buffin to play better and, and things like that. It, it's just um, it's an interesting and strange time around Ole Miss basketball right now. Um, they need sweeping changes, whether it's offensive philosophy, whether it's uh, the coaching staff. I just, I cannot subscribe at all to the idea that this is a team that is that bad offensively. Maybe they're not as talented as the Kentuckys out there. I get that. I mean, look at the recruiting numbers. Uh, Teams around the SEC recruit pretty well now. I refuse to believe that this team is as bad offensively as they look. You cannot convince me that they look this bad offensively, that it looks this difficult, that it's painful to watch them operate that that dribble handoff set where nothing really goes to the basket and no good shots are created. It's painful to watch. You can ne- nobody could ever convince me at all that this team is not talented enough to look better offensively. You can't convince me of that. And then uh, when you're struggling so bad on offense, regardless of how good you are on the other end of the floor and I mean, Arkansas scored 74 points last night. It sounds like a lot, but a lot of that came off of turnovers, and they shot they shot 21 free throws in the game. Arkansas has been a team, they scored, they've scored 100 twice. They've scored in the 90s three times, all in SEC play, and I think in the 80s three times as well. Arkansas is a really good offensive basketball team, and Ole Miss at times had to make them work for it. Um. I just refuse to believe, you cannot convince me, that this is an issue of talent. I don't expect them to be you know, a top three team in the league or anything like that, but this team is more talented than eight and seven, three and five in the league and not being competitive at all with Arkansas. I mean, not being competitive uh, really with LSU, not really being competitive, although Alabama's playing really well, but they got smoked, weren't even close in the game against Alabama, uh, they they beat Auburn without Auburn's best player, Mississippi State, who's really reeling, and Texas A&M, who's one of the worst teams in the SEC. That I mean, that's it. You can't tell me that that's players. I don't buy it. Something has to change within that program, whether it's philosophy, um, it's approach, it's... Sets on offense, it's something. Something's got to change because this isn't just talent. The the same guys have regressed year over year. There's a regression. Looks like there's a confidence issue. Everybody's playing really freaking tight, it looks like. It's a disaster. I I mean, this is is a disaster. And um, there has to be changes. It, It can't go on like this much longer. It really can't, because Ole Miss will drop right down into the cellar. And they now have the facilities and the commitment and the athletic director to to avoid that happening. But something's got to give here. Because what I watched last night and what you guys watched last night, that'll never win. That's not going to win. Not in the SEC. 
So rough night after a pretty good week, and they're right back to what everybody kind of knew that they were. It's partially my fault for um, looking at them last week and thinking that things had changed. I think it was more so the opponent than uh, than the team itself. But anyway, I refuse to believe that that is just talent. Things have got to give. It's not the Conference USA anymore. This is the SEC, and the league's gotten much, much, much better. So, got to figure it out, and they got to figure it out quick. But the more important thing, the thing you guys actually care about here, the football schedule was released yesterday. I mean, you kind of knew who the opponents were going to be already, but you have dates, and you do have opponents, even though you already knew who they were going to be. Knock on wood that this schedule goes as planned. Uh, We've been told that they are currently planning for limited capacity in some way, and that is mostly just being prepared instead of, yeah, we're going to go full 100%. Everybody's going to be in the stadium, and then two weeks before the season starts having to change plans. They're planning for that right now with the hope that they can open it up to everybody. But knock on wood, these dates still remain the same. I'm hoping for that. I know all of you are as well. Here it is. So you knew the first three games, as is, Louisville in Atlanta on the 6th, Monday night. You come home and play Austin P the next Saturday, and then Tulane the Saturday after that. You have an off week in week four. Then you go to Tuscaloosa, host Arkansas, go to Tennessee, host LSU, go to Auburn. What a stretch there. And you host Liberty and Texas A&M and Vanderbilt before you go on the road to what is currently scheduled as a Saturday Egg Bowl. So there is your schedule and a few takeaways from that. One, I think most importantly, the thing that stood out to me the most, quite simply, is the early bye week. So Ole Miss's bye week is week four. The next earliest bye week is Mississippi State, October 9th, week six. The next earliest bye week is week eight. So Ole Miss has an abnormally early bye week, and and there's two ways to look at it. If you want to be an optimist or you want to be a pessimist or, I guess, just realistic. But the early bye week is the thing that stands out to me the most. And that is, I don't think that's good. I think, it's, quite frankly, I think the early bye week stinks for Ole Miss because you have nine games in a row after that. That means you will play, like I said, Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU, and Auburn in a row with no break in between. But there's also another way to spin it. A lot of people around here, and honestly, I kind of subscribe to this notion, think that Alabama might be a little susceptible this year. I do not believe in the guy that's going to replace Mac Jones. I think that while Alabama is a football factory and it hasn't really mattered before, I don't think it'll matter this year. But getting Alabama early, and it is a team that you, I mean, had the ball down a score in the second half, late in the second half, with this year at home. It is a team that Lane Kiffin will have circled, I'm sure. And a lot of people around here think that Ole Miss can be competitive in that game. And I agree with that. I think they can. And so getting a bye week before the only game on the schedule 
that I would put like an L next to. You know how fans go through and WL, WL on all these games. Alabama's the only one that I would put an L next to. I think every other game on the schedule for Ole Miss, every other game is one where it's at worst a toss-up, where they would be a very slight underdog or a pick or a favorite. I think every other game besides Alabama is that way right now for Ole Miss. And it's hard to deny that. I think that is the case. So Alabama is your one game that would benefit most from a bye week, especially when they do have to play the week before. It is Southern Miss. Southern Miss won't challenge them really at all, but it's there, and it's something. Uh, Ole Miss does not have to play the week Alabama plays. That does matter. Uh, And it's a game that you think you can win. So there's your two ways to look at it. On one hand, you have to play nine games in a row. That's not good. But you get a bye week before your one game that you're probably going to go in as a an underdog, a real underdog, like double digits, potentially. And also, that has college game day, to me, written all over it. All over it, college game day written on that game. Because if Ole Miss takes care of business with Louisville, and I think they will, I think they're going to be better than Louisville, and of course Austin P and Tulane, Ole Miss by then will be ranked in the teens. I think they're going to start the season in the top 25 and just natural progression after four weeks. Winning will move them up. Other teams will lose around them. They'll move down. You guys know how that works. I think Ole Miss will be somewhere in the teens then. And I've tried to look around other schedules around the country and all things considered, I don't think there will be a more attractive matchup. And just looking at the SEC schedule that weekend, I mean, LSU-Auburn, we'll see. You got Kentucky, Florida, Arkansas, Georgia. Um, You know, that's it. That's really it. Oh, Vanderbilt plays UConn that day. So, you know, maybe that'll take it. But um, undefeated Lane Kiffin coached Ole Miss on the road at his former employer, Alabama, who will be number one in the country at that moment. That has college game day written absolutely all over it. All over it. And, of course, as you guys know, college game day is a huge showcase for your program, even though it won't be in Oxford still. That game will have all kinds of hype, all kinds of attention. It will have college game day if Ole Miss rolls up undefeated. Alabama does play Miami and Florida before Ole Miss. So, at least... They'll be challenged somewhat before that game with Southern Miss the week before, as I said. That's college game day written all over it, though. Uh, so I'd keep an eye out on that if uh, if I were you. But that was my first takeaway. I hate the early bye. Uh, I really do. I think that uh, that'll hurt later on in the season. I don't know why the SEC hadn't stuck with the two-bye week thing. I think that makes all the sense in the world. I, I don't understand why that's not something that they want to keep. I mean... You know, at the end of the day, you're in the business to make money, right? And does an extra week of football not make more money? I I mean, that makes sense, right? So I don't know why they didn't choose to do that. It stretches the schedule thin a little bit, but I think the players need two bye weeks anyway. We want to preach about player safety and then not do something that'll make it safer for everyone, and also you can capitalize on an extra week of football. But hey, what do I know? Um, That stinks. But 
the second observation I had uh, was where the Arkansas game is. Uh, I don't like that either. So, sandwiched in between road trips to Tuscaloosa and Knoxville is Arkansas. Uh, a team that is losing their quarterback. Felipe Franks is currently getting his hands measured at the Senior Bowl. I didn't like what I saw from Jefferson, presumably the starter there, and his limited action. I know a lot of people in Mississippi think he's great, but I, I didn't see great. It's just me. Um, and still a roster that's way behind others. I know they beat Ole Miss this year, but it took six turnovers, and Ole Miss still probably should have won the game. Uh that, that is a weird series, but it's a team that you should be better than, and you are at home, but I hate the spot because you know that Alabama and Tennessee are both going to be important games to your head coach. And, you know, I think what you saw last year, even with emotional games like Alabama, the team was prepared to win every single week. I, I, don't, I didn't notice much of a difference based on game. Of course, they're all SEC games, but still... Maybe that's not a factor at all. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I don't like where Arkansas is because you know Alabama, like I just said, going to have all kinds of hype, all kinds of hoopla around that game, probably college game day, and then the week after Arkansas, it's his return to Tennessee. And you know that's going to be hostile and nuts, And although Tennessee by then is probably going to have a handful of losses because it's an absolute dumpster fire there right now. I mean, they'll play, I guess, Pitt. Uh, we'll see, but they go to Florida, they go to Missouri, they have to play South Carolina. That's not a guaranteed win for Tennessee anymore uh, with the way their program is uh, before that game, but it'll be a hostile, nasty environment and kind of an emotional game. So I hate where Arkansas is uh, on the schedule for Ole Miss. I really hate it. But that is... um, I think it's nice also that you don't have back-to-back road games at any point. There is not a point in this schedule where Ole Miss plays back-to-back road games. So you're in Louisville and Atlanta. Ole Miss will probably travel better than Louisville. So it's a neutral site game where it won't feel like you're on the road, even though it's not in your stadium. Obviously, Austin and P and Tulane are at home. But after Alabama, you get to come home to Arkansas. After Tennessee, you get to come home to LSU. After Auburn, you get Liberty at home. We're on that game in a second. And you get back-to-back home games with A&M and Vanderbilt before you go to Starkville. I I like that part of the schedule as well. There's no real multiple road game difficult stretch. Now, Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU, Auburn is a difficult stretch, but it's the SEC West. Who doesn't have a difficult stretch in the SEC West? Literally everybody has one. But... That's a, a nice thing that I saw that stood out in the schedule was no back-to-back road games for Ole Miss. Even in that difficult stretch, there are home games sandwiched in between Tuscaloosa, Knoxville, and Auburn. And I think that's important and a really good thing. You also get, although it's not the same as Tennessee State, Mississippi State the week before the Egg Bowl plays Tennessee State. Vanderbilt's going to be different than Tennessee State, but it's still a game that you should win and win comfortably before the Egg Bowl. So Mississippi State gets a walkthrough, and you don't get a, quote, walkthrough, but you get a game that you should feel comfortable winning, and that is one against Vanderbilt. So a nice little break there as well. But then there's the Liberty game. That's the one. 
That's the one that everybody is going to talk about. And even, I think it was the Oxford Eagle ran the headline that Ole Miss's schedule is highlighted by Hugh Freeze's return to Oxford. And I don't agree with that at all. I understand why they do it, because, you know, Hugh Freeze, the guy that cratered the program and embarrassed it on his way out the door, is returning to Ole Miss, and that is a story. But I refuse to call a schedule that features Alabama, Tennessee, LSU, Auburn, Mississippi State, Texas A&M. I refuse to call a schedule with those names on it, highlighted by Liberty. Don't care who the coach is and don't don't care what that coach did. Liberty is not the highlight of an SEC West schedule, regardless of who the coach is. But that's just me splitting hairs. I am so not looking forward to that game. Because you guys know how this is going to go. I mean, it, it's constant. And... On the radio show, and I know it's it's a small percentage of people, but the, the Ole Miss fans that are still consumed with Hugh Freeze, I don't get. And they text into our radio show all the time. Anytime a job comes open, oh, South Carolina, they should call Hugh Freeze. Oh, I hope Auburn doesn't call Hugh Freeze because he would, he would just be great there. And oh my gosh, he should, like people that are still like, acting as if they're Jimmy Sexton, doing his bidding for him. And no matter how many times you remind these people, the disaster that was the end of the Hugh Freeze era at Ole Miss, they don't care. They, they, they want him, in some cases, to coach the team again. Like they want, after Kiffin leaves, for Ole Miss to hire Hugh Freeze again, after everything he did. And, and they talk about all the... Oh, what? Who are you to not forgive him? His wife forgave him. It's not about forgiveness. It's about reality. When somebody does you wrong like that, you you don't just... Because they won a sugar bowl in a season in which they lost to Memphis, you don't just ignore everything they've done. Yeah, like, forgive him. Don't hate him anymore. But that doesn't mean you want him back at your program. When his team takes the field this year, you shouldn't cheer for him. He wrecked your program. Wrecked it. And he's going to come back to Oxford wanting to kick the shit out of your program. That's what he's going to want to do. Even though Ole Miss defended him when it shouldn't have been defended, they fought for him until they couldn't fight for him anymore, and they protected him from a lot of stuff. It could have been worse for him, and it wasn't because Ole Miss protected him. And still, he's going to want to come in here and do that. I'm not looking forward to that game at all because it's going to be the same people that say the same things and it's the same conversation and I'm sick of having it because you're not conv- I'm not convincing people anymore that he was toxic for your program, he lost his team, he destroyed it and embarrassed it on the way out the door and while you know you've got Kiffin now so it's good, you know, move on, forget it, you know, he's at liberty, it's a good fit for him for every possible reason, um, didn't get considered for any open SEC job, not because Greg Sankey wouldn't let him this time. It's because nobody wanted to go down that road, and understandably so. I don't don't want to have these conversations. I'm sick of talking about it. It's the same thing, and you get the same responses from the same people who don't get it and never will. But, in the entire week leading up to that game, there's going to be so much unnecessary hype 
placed on it and all these people that just are going to keep talking and rehashing and uh, it's going to be exhausting. And then when his team takes the field, there's going to be thousands of people in the stadium that cheer for his team as they take the field who are not fans of Liberty, who are not graduates of that diploma mill, I mean uh, college, that Liberty is. Not alumni there. Ole Miss fans wearing Ole Miss stuff on their shirt and an Ole Miss hat are going to cheer for Liberty as they take the field, even though Ole Miss was set back for years because of the guy coaching that team. I mean, it's going to be a bizarre atmosphere, and I'm, I'm not looking forward to that. Because we're going to have to talk about it. And it's the same conversation every single time. Well, why won't Auburn hire Hugh Freeze? He's a great coach. Yes, very good coach. Got a lot of problems. And that's why Auburn didn't go down that road. That's why Tennessee didn't go down that road. Or South Carolina. Or Vanderbilt. But he won a Sugar Bowl. And so... It's okay that you wrecked the program, but you want a Sugar Bowl that nobody outside of Ole Miss fans even remembers. Nobody remembers that game. It doesn't matter. Houston Nuts Cotton Bowls are the equivalent or are an equivalent of the Sugar Bowl now. The Cotton Bowl is an access bowl. Winning those two games was like winning the Sugar Bowl. And a lot of you are going to disagree with that because we've said that on the radio and people are like, no, no, it's not. You don't understand. No, I do understand. The Sugar Bowl, because of decades ago, used to have a lot more relevance than it does now. But because the playoff, more people have access to games like the Sugar Bowl. The playoff didn't exist when Houston Nutt won back-to-back Cotton Bowls. Winning the Cotton Bowl in 2009 is like winning the Sugar Bowl in 2016. Look at the number of teams that made it and who, what their records were and they're standing in the conference. It's the same thing. But everybody hates Houston Nutt. Thousands of people will cheer for... It blows my mind. Just absolutely blows my mind. I just said I'm not looking forward to the conversation and I just had it. Of course. But I just know what's coming. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of friends that are also not looking forward to that game. Either that or just hoping that, uh, Ole Miss beats them by 40, which I suspect they will. The rosters are going to be entirely different. And I suspect that, uh, it will be, it will be known to the players exactly why it's important to bury that team into the ground. At least you would hope so. Cause that's what should happen. That's what needs to happen. But uh, anyway, so the schedule came out. I think a realistic expectation for this team in 2021 uh, is, I think, 8-4, somewhere around there. If I was setting the over-under, um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's 7.5 or 8 for Ole Miss this year. Uh, they got to prove it on defense. They have to prove it. Everybody talks about how, oh, well, the, the defense is going to be better. Well, i got to see it first. Because you thought under Matt Luke, Wesley McGriff, it couldn't be worse, and, and here we are. So they got to prove it first. I think a realistic expectation, though, is to make this an eight-win team. Louisville, Austin P, Tulane, Tennessee, probably Arkansas, Liberty, Vanderbilt, possibly Mississippi State, 
are going to be games that you are favored in. I mean, there's eight right there. So I think that's a realistic expectation. It's a nice step forward if they're able to pull that off. And looking at that at this schedule, if all goes right, double-digit wins are absolutely within the realm of realistic possibility, without a doubt, uh, completely within the realm of realistic possibility. So, uh, good stuff there. Good stuff there. I hope you guys have been watching that uh, morning live stream, by the way. Uh, I really had fun doing that. I'm, I'm going to keep doing this podcast because they're going to keep making me, but I hope you guys are also tuning in uh, for that as well. It's every morning. It's on Sports Talks, uh, Periscope feed, or on Facebook page. Also, my Facebook page. If you're on Facebook, like my page, uh, just Michael Borky on Facebook. Uh, I've got a little page set up there. Live stream will be up. I plan on even adding more content to that page. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to continuing doing that. Always glad that you guys are with me wherever you are and whenever you do listen. Um, I really appreciate everything that you guys do and, and that you do for me. So thank you. And uh, hope that you guys were able to uh, go nuts in the stock market based on what has happened over the last few days. Uh, every, everything's kind of melting down right now, I've seen. Um, Robin Hood especially is getting roasted today. So... Um, that's fun. Anyway, all right, that's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Glad uh, you guys are a part of the show. Always thankful for you, and I will talk to you again very, very soon. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.